Just a heads up for everyone, this episode was accidentally recorded through a different microphone, so there is more background noise than usual. Luckily, this episode was also recorded through video, so if you'd like to hear a better quality and even see this episode, you can listen or watch the entire podcast video on askamberly.com. I'm Amberly, and I'm here to bring healing back to the basics. Let's cut the crap. This is my podcast. I'm the OG basic witch and doctor of metaphysics, so I will definitely weird you out. That, I can guarantee. You will hear things on here you've never heard before, and this is your chance to ask me anything. So take a breath and guard your loins. This is Ask Amberly. a live Ask Amberly podcast. Yay. So we want y'all to have some questions and send them in. Oh, I see my friends. Yay. We're going to make it. Can you read? Am I going to have to put put on my nerd glasses to read Uh, these questions? I have have great eyes, actually. I do have my glasses right there, though. I could just show people how much of a nerd I really am. Okay, so the topic for this podcast I'm recording with Sheena Manina. We're back. And the topic is vulnerability. So if you want to send in questions on Instagram Live right now, this is Ask Amberly. So eventually I want to do live callers. So if you know how to do that with technology, send me an email because I have no idea what I'm doing. So we're just going to improvise for now on Instagram Live. So send in your questions for... You should send in send in a video question in the future oh, to okay. your Instagram, and then you can save it. I could do that. Alrighty, so do we have questions? I'm going to default so to you. So the first question that someone asked was, what was my spiritual journey? <laughs> your What's spiritual, my spiritual journey? Okay, so your spiritual journey... Well, that is a vulnerable thing because spiritual journeys are are always a vulnerable thing. I feel like, but everything in your life is spiritual technically because you're a spiritual body. Everything is spiritual, but I guess for purposes of this topic, what if would I had you to say what? Us? Oh my gosh! Um, I think the spiritual journey begins the question this, the second that you start asking yourself the question, mm-hmm. "Why am I here? What mm-hmm. am I doing?" What is my purpose? What makes me happy? Uh, what do I choose? And I feel that you kind of, you immerse yourself into your spiritual journey the more that you ask those questions and mm-hmm. let those answers that come up personally lead where you go. Does that make sense? Yeah. Instead of like, this is what I should be doing. This is what this person said I should be doing. Mm-hmm. So, gosh, you know, for someone to say that their spiritual journey has started at a particular time, I think it would be really difficult for me to say that that was the case for me because I feel like I've done things unconventionally my whole life. So that's for sure. It's not. <laughs> it's not a new thing for me to be like um, weird, different, yeah, odd, breaking conventions. I think in some ways. Yeah, that's true. But I would say. psychedelics have been a big part of my spiritual journey Mm -hmm. and that experience and not just with psychedelic substances but Mm -hmm. just psychedelic experiences whether they're um, meditative or Mm -hmm. 
um, sound journeys or light journeys, all of those experiences have been really impactful, equally mm-hmm. impactful as psychedelics with substances. And the reason why I feel like those are such major parts of a spiritual journey is because they, in some ways, can um, just connect you with your soul messaging mm-hmm. and block out the things that are maybe clouding that message system from working through you Mm -hmm. and slowing you down in that focused progress toward your soul. I think a lot of times a lot of people are constantly thinking about things that don't matter. (laughs) That's directed towards me, everyone. (laughs) And I think that certain things can help with that. So, Sheena's been trying to put me on drugs forever. (laughs) And I don't say that irresponsibly. I know, yeah. Because I do want people to be ready for it and in alignment with it. Because not everyone is is there. Not everyone... I'm going to open this. Needs that. Okay, we have some sake. It's pink. It's it's from Japan. (laughs) We're just going to get it popping. So... This is what we really said we had to do on her podcast. Yeah. I'm not necessarily done drinking or anything else that I'm talking about. (laughs) We don't know what we're doing. You must do everything at your own risk. Okay. So we're going to pour some sake. And consult a physician, which I'm not. Oh, doctor. I should have asked you. Oh, wait. We have edible flowers, too. So we're just going to get this started. Welcome to Ask Amberly, everyone. This is is how we're doing it. Brennan asked, what are the negatives of being vulnerable? Ooh. Okay. Well, Well, you know, just everything feeling terrible. It's going to be awful. You feeling insecure, feeling uncomfortable, having a vulnerability hangover, which Brene Brown talks about. Amberly's Amberly's girl of the month is Brene Brown. She doesn't know it yet, but we're best friends. Yeah. Here's here's some sake. When you are vulnerable and you haven't been vulnerable and you don't have a lot of practice with it, it can sometimes feel like you're naked in front of people. And so it, um, in one instance, you might feel, oh my gosh, yay, I'm naked, look at me. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, everyone right. saw like everything that I've been trying to hide from the world. And so that that's a very real thing and something that you you practice with and experience with um, safe places first, I would say. Well, I think vulnerability is different for men and women because men, I feel, are not supposed to be vulnerable because they associate, well, everyone in our culture associates vulnerability with weakness. So that's a huge thing that I think just um, needs to change in our culture. Is it not good? It's different. Okay, we're just going to cheers for sake and then I'll go back to that topic. That is different. I don't hate it. Okay, so I know I clairvoyantly saw this in my mind's eye when I walked into Whole Foods yesterday. Because I was like, I have to get a little bottle because I knew we were recording this podcast. And we don't usually drink, like, rarely ever. We drank two days ago. Uh, side note, we drank two days ago. But when we do, we don't normally drink, but when we do, we have, we go all out. We have flowers, little vintage cups, and um, Japanese sake. So if you want to join in on us, on this drinking fest. It's Friday. We're going to have some fun and we're going to make this really 
healing and we're putting frequencies yeah put some frequencies in my and i'm going to yoga after this okay we're putting frequencies in oh and put drinks. some pineapple juice in oh for yeah sure. the dr carter's thyroid juice for sure public. we're gonna put some of that in there so spike. we're doing some healing energy on these little cocktails so you can grab water if you if you're at work right now and you can't drink or you don't drink or don't want to take your hand imagine light coming from it and just put it over your drink right now and I'm going to infuse everything that we need for this wonderful podcast love and gratitude for everyone joining us here right now in this moment okay so now that we're heart-centered we can choose this Yay. one more time and then I'm going to get back to vulnerability with men I want some pineapple juice in mine Okay, so Saka needs a little flavor support. <laughs> Remember that guy like totally chastised us for drinking at a business meeting one time? I do remember that <laughs> event. That <laughs> it's was okay. sweet. He needs to be a little bit more vulnerable. Let's so, we tell that story because that's a good that's a good business story. Okay, we're gonna tell that story for sure. But so men and vulnerability because I men shouldn't be vulnerable. No. Correction. Let's correct that. Everyone in our society views vulnerability as weakness, and especially with men. So the common complaint that I hear from men is that women don't want us to be vulnerable. They tell us they want, to be vul they want us to be vulnerable, but they don't really. So when they go to be vulnerable, they get shut down, or they feel like women really don't want to hear it, or they're not attractive when they are vulnerable because it's associated with, like, you know, weakness. So, but women, their biggest vulnerability is body image and uh, having to do everything and not break the sweat while doing it. And Brene Brown talks about that a lot. Uh, but for men, it's being viewed as weak. That's like a, a huge vulnerability. And when we start out raising men, mm -hmm. we teach them, don't cry. Don't tell me your yeah. emotions, you know, it's like, and then it starts coming out in contorted ways, like the Me Too movement, and, you know, because they, well, all genders, really, have just something going against them right now, and I think it's coming up for a lot of people mm -hmm. in, in our culture, because we're trying to stifle something that is natural to us, so... Meaning vulnerability? Meaning vulnerability, and vulnerability breeds connection, and everyone wants to feel connected to one another, and but we're all afraid to be vulnerable, and to be ourselves. Yes, because we fear that if we're vulnerable, and we show and expose ourselves, it is going to make us disconnect, and make us not belong. Like, if I show this, therefore, I'm, I'm less lovable if I show this, mm -hmm. and... Uh, that is going to make me disconnect and make me feel like I don't belong. Right. But the thing about vulnerability and and not showing vulnerability is that you fit in, like you trade in your authenticity when you go to just fit in with people and you don't really have that true sense of belonging because you've sold your authenticity in for, for that. So. And I would definitely argue that vulnerability attracts the people that you actually would the, the, it, like when you're vulnerable you're attracting people who 
are going to support your growth. When you're not vulnerable, you're Mm -hmm. doing what you said. You're fitting into maybe an environment that's not for you just to feel safe. Mm -hmm. And that definitely comes from our innate programming that says if you're ostracized from your tribe, Mm -hmm. you'll die. Correct, right. So it's it's a very natural physiological response mm-hmm. to have fear in being vulnerable. Right. But we have to we have to understand that that fear is no longer a part of the way that we live now. So much yeah. better with this pineapple juice. <laughs> well, it is different for I mean, we have different types of things. Like you and I in the year like, you know, in the 1500s, 1700s, 1800s, whatever, we would be, like, burned at the stake for what we're saying right now or what we're doing because, mm-hmm. you know, we would be seen as, like, literal witches. And, uh, but now, they just throw stones over the internet with their comments. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's just a different form of, of persecution. Someone um, above had said that, um, well... Lane, yeah, you had specifically said that you used to feel major regret after mm-hmm. being highly vulnerable, and then right. you were saying that you weren't hanging out with, you really weren't hanging out with people who were supporting your growth, mm-hmm. or you, people who you could trust. Right. And that's, Amberly talks about that all the time, too, especially when you're learning how to find your voice and, mm-hmm. and be who you are in the world. It's really important to be around people who you feel safe with, and people who, um, support you being your highest self and your highest expression because Mm -hmm. oftentimes we'll just say whatever response we're getting from the people who are used to seeing us in this small state is what we should follow and that's Mm -hmm. exactly the opposite of what we should be doing ask yourself something that I like to do is ask yourself is this person capable of seeing me in my highest expression in blank portion of my life in my expression of money and my expression of my physicality and my expression in business like is this person capable of holding me in that highest frequency and highest vibration of what I'm trying to achieve and look for in my life and if the answer is no then you need to find someone who can hold you in that high state to help you find that resonance and that frequency of what that is mm-hmm. instead of reaffirming where you've been and what you've come from, if that makes yeah. sense. And most of the time, it's our family members <laughs> who hold us in that past expression mm-hmm. of, well, you've always done this, or this is yeah. who you are. Right. You're more like this. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, maybe I was, mm-hmm. but maybe like what I'm trying to achieve is different than what I've been in the past. Right. And so the message for that is to always trust yourself and keep going forward, regardless of if your family's going to project their fears onto you because they will. And they're doing it because they love you, but they're also doing it because they have fears within themselves. Like, okay, if this person changes, then I have to change. I have to go with the flow more or see this person in a different way. It, it challenges them and sometimes it can threaten them enough to withhold love from you or withhold connection or kick you out of their lives or whatever the, it might turn out to be. But you have to trust yourself when you are authentic 
that is the best way to pull in people who are authentically in your vibrational state and in resonance with you. And that those people who are in resonance with you are going to support you in this new endeavor or the new frequencies you want to start embodying. I would also say as a practice mm -hmm. to get into your heart space from by doing something fun or by meditating be in, place, be in the places regularly that give you inspiration and that mm -hmm. connect you with who you are and what you're trying to create. And when you get that insight and get that connection, be very careful with who you initially share that information with. And yes, know that you are the warrior of that insight and you are the bearer of that creativity. And it's your job to protect what you're supposed to be doing with that. And in a way to be responsible with that insight and with that inspiration is by being its, its warrior, by finding other warriors to help protect that message. No one should be able to knock you off your horse when your horse is going in the direction of your dreams. And that's something really important to keep in mind because you're at a very vulnerable state when you're creating mm -hmm. and it's, it would be very easy for someone to tell you, that's not a good idea. That's not going to work out well. You should do it like this. And that's precisely the time in which you're not looking for that information. You are on something of high frequency. You're on a wave of high frequency and it's not easy to stay on it and in order to ride that wave you need to have confidence and love of self and love of the place that you were in to gain that connection in order to see it through in third dimensional reality that was great that was some good insight you you channeled there didn't you Sheen? probably a little <laughs> But if people are projecting their fears, there's a difference between people projecting their fears because of they can't get out of their own way to see what's best for you. They're projecting all of their own insecurities and they're like, no, you have to stay this way so that I feel safe. When someone can transcend themselves and see that that could be the best decision for you and then give advice, which could be warning you about certain things, but it's it's different. It's not coming from that fear state. It's coming from either experience or tuning into something that you're like, okay, well, you might want to watch out for this, or when you get there, do this. That's totally different from someone who is projecting their fears and, and, and intertwining themselves mm -hmm. within the situation. Yeah, think about a mom when you're telling your mom that you're, you want to move across the country. No mom, no mom wants their baby to leave their nest. It's an uncomfortable feeling always. So allowing that person's emotionality to affect what you do is not appropriate or responsible. Because in essence, you doing what's in your heart and soul to do helps your mom expand in the long run as well. Right. And also... She also may not have the conscious progression, and this is just a mom example, but there are many other people in your life that are influential. She may not have the conscious vocabulary or the conscious understanding of knowing how to transcend 
her innate feelings about you moving and not wanting you to. So she just says, don't do it. It's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a defense mechanism. And so you have to, and you know, 50 years ago, this wasn't really a situation. Like, right. No parent was going to stop any child from doing whatever they wanted. Like in the 60s is what I'm thinking about. Because you like, were an adult at 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like they didn't have time to worry about what you were doing, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that it's really important to transcend some of that information. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have a lot of questions. Yeah. You want to start from the top? Oh, you did. Okay. This pink jacket is hot. Take it off. The lights, but just strip it down. Because I'm like naked underneath this little sh- crop top. It's okay. We're with friends. <laughs> she was just stripping. It's fine. It's like when I was on stage strip- stripping at the Basic Witch Super Course. That was fun. We saw those questions. Okay. How can vulnerability make life make my life better? We saw them. No, I didn't see that one. Okay. Let me just touch on that real fast. Vulnerability can make your life so much better because you have to be vulnerable to be to be creative. You have to be vulnerable to be creative. That is a it science shows this. It's actually like in research studies that creativity and innovation has to require you to be vulnerable. So that's why there's so many Fortune 500 companies and and schools having so many problems with with innovation and uh you know the school system is like the same from what it was in in the 30s 40s 50s it's like the same exact concept and human beings have changed and evolved so much so it's because anytime we're vulnerable or we're expressing ourselves or we have an opinion of something god forbid people will shut you down because there's so much fear involved with vulnerability in our culture. And it's really making us not innovative. It's making us depressed. It's not making us creative. And we feel like, well, I'm just not gonna move in my life anywhere because it's too scary to be vulnerable because I feel like I'll be disconnected from everyone and everything. So go out and be vulnerable, be creative. Um, A way to practice with vulnerability if you don't want to like talk to people about it at first is to do art. That's a great way to just start being vulnerable because you have to be like open to how the piece of art is going to turn out. You have a little buzz anyways. Yay. Side note, I'm going to make Amberly post the art that she made for her house later. (laughs) Okay. Just hang on her her walls. Maybe we can show it. You think? Yeah. I painted that for fun. (laughs) And she said she was going to throw it away. No, I'm not gonna throw it away. No, you said oh before that you were gonna throw it away. Yeah, I was gonna throw it away, <laughs> but I like it now. Okay, expressing your true feelings and learning how to articulate them equals feeling vulnerable, but also growing. Yes, for sure. Okay, how can you? Oh, use- Ran, childhood friend with the wind. <laughs> Thanks, Ran. Okay, how can you discern between when you are truly picking up on negative vibrations slash energy in a situation versus just having anxiety over something, especially when making yourself vulnerable? That's awesome. Thank you very much, Drunk Girls in Bathrooms, for asking that question. What a fun name. Do you want to start with that one? Yeah. Um, how can you discern between having negative, picking up on negative energy and just having anxiety? So grounding is really important in this. Mm-hmm. So... Making yes. sure that you are in your body and experiencing your feelings and emotions is really important. Um, so some, so if you are going into a situation with a lot of anxiety, t- 
tapping is a really good process. Mm-hmm. Like I really like this point in between the pinky and the ring finger, and you just like you tap on it freaking hard, and you can feel it. Like I've had mm-hmm. a bruise from it before, but it can yeah. really calm your anxiety before walking into a situation or an event. I see people on airplanes doing that, and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> You're not going to have a good ride. <laughs> and please don't sit next to me. Yeah, right. Most importantly. Yeah. No. I but, vibes. but how can you discern between negative energy and I, I think the most important thing is being really in tune with yourself yes. and being grounded with yourself because when you are super solid in your energy, mm-hmm. it's you're not inviting other people's feelings in and that's really important if you're trying to do something or or send a message mm-hmm. or speak your truth, you need to be really connected with yourself. And then maybe afterwards you open the floor for questions or comments. But if you are making a point to say, I'm expressing myself in this situation, either with a group of friends at dinner or you're speaking at something or you're just going to an event and you want to be yourself, mm-hmm. you have to kind of, Decide. Okay, this event is about me being who I am, so I need to be in tune with what that is and be very careful about what you allow into that frequency because it should be quite clear. But am I missing something that maybe maybe sometimes it's not? Um, let's see. Um, like when other people, it. like when other people, um, are maybe expressing negativity and that's caught. Likely that's probably not what's causing your anxiety. Mm -hmm. You might be tuned into the way that other people might be feeling. But I would say likely it's because of some insecurity that you'd feel anxiety. So just address your side of the street and and try not to worry about affecting someone else's negativity. Yeah, I feel like grounding is a good way to do it. Also clearing (laughs) clearing out your energy field. Uh, at night or in the mornings if you want to just picture like white light going over every part of your body it just kind of cleanses you and resets you to your your new vibrational state uh, or your natural vibrational state Um, and then as far as negative vibrations or energy over a situation so say you want to move and somebody is being you know negative or discerning between that and having anxiety over that situation like maybe I shouldn't move Tune into what feels expansive versus what feels just uh, not not right in your body. There's not a, expansive <laughs> versus not expansive. Yeah, good job. <laughs> Way to bring it home. Okay, hopefully we answered that. Yes. Yes. Showing a new project, like even this podcast, like launching this new podcast. I'm like, oh my god. Like I don't know. What I'm doing, you know, so many things can come up and then the fear of being vulnerable and and creating anything, like we said, requires vulnerability. So it's scary to create something or create a new art piece or jewelry or whatever it is. And then someone be like, oh, that's, you know, fugly. It's like, okay, well, great. That's your opinion. That's what's in vibrational resonance with you. And that's fine. That has no reflection upon you as the creator. So keep creating. Also... We're now thinking that we're creating for the world because of social media. So we think mm-hmm. that we're, mm-hmm. we think that we, there's some there's responsibility of us in our creativity to 
put it out into the world and to invite the world's comments back on our creativity and our expression, mm-hmm. especially if you're new in your in your voice and and speaking your truth or new in your in your certain projects, understand that if you strengthen your voice and strengthen whatever mode of creativity you're operating in, there will be a time where it truly, truly does not matter what anyone says Mm -hmm. and you'll know and understand that and you'll be able to continue creating just by the basis of your um, inspiration. Mm -hmm. And that's the best place to create because if you start tuning into the way that other people feel about what you're creating and you allow that to influence what you're doing, you then are not being authentic, you're not being vulnerable, and you're not doing your soul's work. You're you're doing something to appease other people, which is exactly mm-hmm. what Amberly said at the beginning. It's the opposite of vulnerability, and it's the opposite of mm-hmm. what makes us happy. But we're convinced that because social media is so impactful now, that a like or positive comment is what we're seeking. And that's a very short-term dopamine response in your brain that says, this is good, this is positive, this is what I need to do and create for, and in actuality that that causes long-term depression because you're not speaking to your soul, you're not Mm -hmm. being the fearless warrior of what is trying to operate through you. Well, I know from personal experience, I, at times, because I really suffer from vulnerability, like fear of vulnerability. (laughs) Suffered. (laughs) And the problem that I had was I looked at what other people have already created and what the responses were to that creation. And then I would try to mimic or align myself a little bit to it because I'm like, oh, that's safe. I didn't realize I was doing this consciously was doing this subconsciously because I was like, oh, that was a positive response. So that elicits a safe, a safety mechanism in me that I'm like, okay, well now I'm going to be safe if I create in these terms or under these terms, in these circumstances with these expectations. And that closes you off so much for creating something that no one has ever done before. And it could be even better than you have imagined. And it's going to be better than you've imagined because you're listening to your true authentic self, which is totally different from everyone else. So you have to kind of give yourself a reality check and say, am I creating for the sake of creating and and staying true to what is right for me? Or am I creating because I have an expectation there that this is what I think people want to see from me. And that was really hard for me in the beginning, especially with this podcast, was thinking of what do people want to hear from me? What do people want from me? What do they want to see? What's kind of in the safety zone? And then just kind of tuning into that. And I would walk away from doing that feeling disheartened and like I didn't trust myself and go with my own intuition. And so now I'm trying to infuse the aspects of me that are kind of pushing the boundary a little bit with what people haven't done before. And that's scary. And it's it's a vulnerable thing for me to do, but it's going to be so much better to go in that direction because at least at the end of the day, if I'm getting my ass kicked by comments or people who don't like it, I still feel better about staying true to myself than playing it safe 
and following what everyone else is doing and just regurgitating a, another thing to play it safe and then feeling like I've traded myself in at the end of the day and that's a worse feeling. Yeah, I'll give another example. Um, just in case people can't relate to putting out something like a creative project. Um, I was having a conversation with a businessman about my business and you were there. You remember. Yes, I do. And (laughs) my intention through everything that I do is to be authentic. Mm -hmm. But I would be in scenarios with certain people who I would think, okay, this person can help me. This person can impact my life positively. This person can provide business insight that I don't have or don't Mm -hmm. have access to. So I would kind of comply with what I felt that person wanted from me. Like bubbly, cute, Mm -hmm. girly. We're so on point. (laughs) Um, Flirty, all those things. And even if I was saying something that I felt... I resonated with the energy behind the entire conversation felt like I was used because I was trying to comply with what someone wanted for me other than just being myself and I guess that it still was an aspect of me but at the same time like if I was gonna ask myself honestly do I want to have sex with this person no do I like do I want the response of having flirted with this person no like I don't have any sexual desire toward this Mm -hmm. person and so like everything is messy and I remember leaving that conversation and I wrote in my journal and I shared it with Amberly afterwards and it's like I felt used I felt taken advantage of like dirty not because of anything that anyone else did right it's just energetically just because of the way that I acted because of the way that I felt I should act and I find that I have so much more confidence, so much more confidence in the world thinking that I can just be myself in every scenario um, and be authentic and, and who I feel like being in that moment. And that's okay, no matter what. I don't feel like I need anything from anyone. And I think getting to that place is part of the spiritual journey as well because you don't need anything from anyone. You are a beautiful being of light that can um, expand and contract as needed and you have your needs met your basic needs met and if you have to be something that you're not to get something from someone then that's likely not what you should be receiving it's likely not for you in that way because at some point it's going to it's going to dissolve in a way that is not what you chose Right, like that. Right. That um, facade is going to go away, and it's going to then just be an unequal or um, inappropriate connection. If that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. That's and I would do it a lot in a yeah. lot of different scenarios and situations because it was kind of just my mo of like, okay, someone who succeeded in business beyond me, I need that mm-hmm. person. Why do I need that person? Yeah. Their experiences are different. Why do I need them to be sexually attracted to me or just attracted to me in general to support me? I've found that there are so many people who want to support me in the world, just like there are so many people who want to support everyone in the world mm-hmm. who are, is doing something that they love um, at no trade-off. So 
I've really come to connect with not feeling like I need to use sexual sexuality for control. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't even know if it was all sexuality. No, it, and it's a but deep maybe it subconscious. Was. Maybe it was. Well, it's a deep subconscious thing in our culture that's embedded in our minds of of men and women, and especially when it comes to business. And it's an unspoken thing that I think more people are coming out about, obviously. And it really is something that I think is deeply subconscious in us that happens without you even realizing it ha- happens. But then you pull away. You don't realize it until you pull away and you're like, I don't feel like elevated. I feel kind of like yeah. deflated or like odd I don't know it wasn't like worth what I thought it's super subtle so if you don't if you don't take the time to connect with the way that you feel and maybe to evaluate what just happened and why do I feel that way then a lot of this can just pass you by but I think that it really strengthens you and who you are to take the time to connect after situations like that or after every situation just say like is this me being who I am to move into the direction that I want to move in Mm -hmm. Sometimes you might get the answer from that. Okay. Should we quit our shitty jobs that are breaking us spiritually and physically? Fear programming kicking in. Yes. So this is a really good topic because people ask us this all the time. It's different for everyone. So you can change your mindset going into a job that you're not really happy about or in resonance with and change your mindset and think of it as, okay, this is going to be my investor for my next move that I make and try to stay open to opportunities coming your way and and work on your vibrational alignment, ground, clear out your energy field, set to what you want. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Just keep setting to that every day. And the more often you do that during your day, the more it puts you in that vibrational resonance so that this job either falls away naturally or a new opportunity comes in that matches your resonance. So that's what I would say for that. I would also recommend, I, I like working with astrology and gaining information about myself. Yeah. So if you wanted to do your human design, mm-hmm. it might give you a little bit of a characteristic about how things will change in your life. So some, for some people, that new job opportunity will just come up and like will be offered while you're already um, working for someone else. For someone like a manifester, you might have to take the action to apply for other jobs. For people like generators, you might have to do something differently and we don't have to get into the details of it, but sometimes knowing or just you know, if you did your human design and you got your, what your match was, what your category was, and you read the description and you felt like you resonated with it, then potentially you could utilize that information to decide how you're going to make moves in your life. If it resonates with you and it feels good. And that might mean that you take more action and it might mean that you do more of energetic work. Like, well, actually the energetic work is non-negotiable no matter what. Right. Because you could potentially manifest something that you're not in energetic resonance with if you're not tuning in properly. And that's really important because, you know, especially Amberly and I, we live in Louisiana. A lot of programming takes place here. There's a lot of, you should have your house, you should get married, and you should have children, and you should send them to this school. And it's just like, this. that's the process. Mm-hmm. And 
if you are not careful, if you're not truly tuning into what you want and what is important to you, you might just say, okay, well, the next step is what the next step is for everyone around me. Mm -hmm. And that might stop you from really making the big changes and the big moves in your life that you want. That's true. Okay, next question. Vernon, how do I work on social anxiety, fear of opening up to others, and the idea of them judging you? That's a very good question. So judgment happens when you have judgments about yourself. So everything that's going on around you is a reflection of your subconscious beliefs. Every single thing. I don't care if it's at the collective level of, of the world or just your insular experience. So if you have a judgment about yourself, like, oh, I'm a freak or... I think differently. I am, but I've cleared that judgment for the most part. Uh, but it is something that we all go through that we have judgments about ourselves, especially with vulnerability, because we feel like that fear of disconnection is going to happen when we expose a part of ourselves that we judge as being different or scary or weird. But we all have these different things going on. And if we open up to people a little bit more, it would give us permission to keep doing it and supporting each other. Um, but clearing that judgment within yourself first is going to help other people not judge you or you're not going to think be that around, think that other people are judging you or you're not going to be around an experience where people might be judging you, but you'll never see it or hear it. If you think that other people are judging you, you're 100% judging yourself. Yes. There's, n there's mm -hmm. no way of getting around that. Right. If you feel judged, it's because you're judging yourself, which is mm -hmm. great because you have an awesome opportunity to heal something within you that you may be fearing. Right. Self-love. Being loving towards yourself is vulnerability. It's opening up those centers in yourself and flooding yourself with so much self-love and support and nourishment and knowing that you are an infinite divine being of light that no one can take anything away from you on an etheric level. So just be yourself, be your most authentic self. That's what I would say. And, and people will judge you at first, but the more often you come up against it, you'll notice it and you'll clear it and it'll get less and less often. Another thing that I would say, Brennan, is if you're experiencing social anxiety regularly, I would probably do an evaluation of where you are hanging out, where you are experiencing people. Are you doing things that are not in resonance with what you want to be doing? Are you going to cocktail parties just because? Are you choosing your social outings? Are you choosing the people that you go out with? And are they seeing you as your highest self? Because if the answer to all of those things are no, then you're gonna feel anxious because you're, mm -hmm. you're gonna feel like you can't be who you are and your soul is going to be sending that message to you, like, this isn't your place, this isn't your environment, so you have mm -hmm. to listen to that. And the way to listen to it is by asking, like, is this where I choose to be? And maybe, you know, a meditative moment. And the more that you open up to people and, and talk about the things that you're scared to talk about, you never know how they're going to react because someone might react and say, oh my gosh, I was thinking the same exact thing, but I would never tell anyone that. And then you might bond and that might be a perfect connection. Like you're thinking you're going to be disconnected if you're vulnerable. But as soon as you go into that vulnerability, you connect instantly with them. Or they might even say, you know what? I don't get it. I don't understand, but I love you anyway. And that's great. Like I'll support you 100%. So, or they might look at you like this. Yeah. 
like Sheena does all the time to me. But I don't care because I don't judge myself. Mm. <laughs> so if you can be in non-judgment of whatever and just react accordingly to what feels good to you, that's empowerment. We don't have a want you to play it safe. We all, mm-hmm. yes. Okay. What do you think it means energetically when we start passion projects and after a big presentation of it, we feel like we want to shun it for a few days? Oh God, <laughs> we get that <laughs> for sure. Yeah. It's like, we don't want to look at our creation. Sometimes if I put out a podcast, I won't listen to it because it's like, oh, it just feels like too much in the beginning stages. But then after a while, it's like, okay, maybe I can listen to it. But you want to touch on that? I know. I feel that if you need to shut down after like a big presentation or if you need separation from that work, I think that's totally fine and totally okay to honor. I think that a lot of people will take that opportunity and say, well, am I really not connected with what I just put out? Is it really not what I want to do? And I would say that in traditional times, we were never just working on one project. We were taking so much time to make food and eat and move and spend time with our family and do social things. We were very integrated and there were a lot of different aspects of life that were at play at all times. So if you feel burnt out on a project that you're putting out, it could just mean that maybe you haven't been taking care of yourself during that time, which is fine because nothing in life is perfectly balanced, but maybe just honoring that, okay, I need to now take some time to take care of myself, but not really judging it as being okay, maybe that project wasn't in alignment with me. Maybe not. Um, I think when you feel like you need to take a break from it, you honor that and then come back to it and say, did I need a break because it didn't feel in alignment with me? Or did I need a break just because I needed a break? Like everyone does. For sure. That's a good, good job, Sheen. Next question. How do you play the game, i.e. the corporate world and everything stupid everyone is into while also being in touch with the truth and that it's all a lie and fake? Okay, so that is a judgment, actually. So having judgments about like, oh, that's stupid or that doesn't resonate with me is is going to breed just more judgment in your life. It, you can observe something neutrally and say, that's interesting that they're playing that out over there. I don't really want to play in their sandbox. I'm going to go over here and do something else. But dropping the judgment is going to help you experience more love in your everyday experience. So you're not going to have as much of that visceral reaction of, oh, I don't want to look at that. That is not me. I don't want to partake in that. It's stupid. It's silly. Dropping that judgment helps you to integrate that so that you can have a more fulfilled life experience. Even if you are in the corporate world, it's going to feel totally different to you if you drop that judgment. What do you think about that? Hmm. Um, how do you play the game in the corporate, i.e. the corporate world and everything stupid everyone is into while also being in touch with the truth and that it's all a lie and fake? I think that there is a lot of argument to every single thing being fake Mm -hmm. and every single thing being a lie. And so 
like Amberly was saying, being in non-judgment of that could potentially support it. But also thinking that this is all a game could make the experience really fun too. It True. could lighten it up a little bit for you and, and make you understand like, oh, it's not life or death. This is a game. How do I play the game? Maybe you'll get some insight and up level in that way, transcend where you are operating now and be in a place that's even more playful mm-hmm. in the corporate world. So I I like I kind of like the idea of feeling like it's all a game because mm-hmm. it feels like I can play when I feel that way. That's when I good. feel like things are very stringent and I have to follow rules, that's when I don't feel creative and that's when I don't want to play. Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay, how do you deal with fierce anger towards the outside world? So I would say that anger happens when your boundaries are being violated. So what are you not honoring in yourself? that is making you angry about the world around you. And sometimes that could be looking at something happening in the world and saying like, oh, I have like so much anger towards it, but yet you're not doing anything about it or you're not doing anything in your own life that is is breeding creativity or that um, really lights you up. So I would say play, do something more creative, go outside, connect with nature, do things that are going to help ground you and connect you to yourself, especially vulnerability is a huge thing that will help you connect more to the people around you and more to the world around you. And that helps to clear that anger. What do you think? I think that was a great answer. Thanks. All right. Next. Anger can also be a liver thing. So working on your liver, having acupuncture, doing, using some, Ayurvedic herbs can help support detoxifying your liver and also doing a liver cleanse and expressing that anger if it needs to be expressed. Mm -hmm. Screaming into a pillow, going to some sort of class, um, expressing something that's on your heart that you've been pushing down into the container Mm -hmm. is, is really important if you're experiencing anger regularly then likely there's some stagnation in the liver and likely there's something that you don't feel like you're expressing true yeah any kind of toxins too like if toxins are in your body or if you're hungover or something like that anger can come up like your mood will be altered if you have a lot of like toxins in your gut so you can adjust your diet as well yeah Amberly's hair reaches her butt (laughs) it's fun how long it is this is her real hair i i literally just got my hair cut last week i think it's, it's like my height <laughs> it says my hair is as tall as she <laughs> okay so thank you all for all of your questions they were lovely so do you want to have anything else to say before we end the live portion of this podcast no i thought those were great questions i liked answering them those were awesome questions how do you have a question Last question. How do you balance being vulnerable with a narcissist? Ew. Uh, okay. So that's like a totally different animal. So like how to be vulnerable with someone who is a narcissist? Well, it comes back to what we kind of originally set as boundaries for being vulnerable, especially in the beginning of you sharing your message is finding people that you're safe with. So I'd probably say if you consider someone to be narcissistic, then they probably wouldn't meet the standards of 
this is a good person to be vulnerable with. Right. Yeah. Narcissism is a, um, is a big topic that it's kind of a, a whole nother animal because it's more like a, I guess, a personality disorder. I mean, so, I kind of feel like we like to define things in people. I think that we mm-hmm. like to say that some people are bipolar and some people are schizophrenic mm-hmm. and some people are narcissistic and things like that. And right. I think that keeps people where they are instead of allowing them to transcend past that expression. And I think that everyone has the potential for infinite expression. So maybe it's not the right person for you to be vulnerable with, but maybe you can be the example by showing what it feels like and what it means to be authentically who you are and express that in exchanges with someone that you consider to be a narcissist to maybe help them expand and see their highest potential, just like you want other people to see your highest potential. You want other people to reflect what you can achieve and be in this world in a beautiful, abundant state. And if you can do the same for someone that society and other people have said don't deserve it, like narcissists, like drug addicts, like homeless people, like schizophrenics, if you can say, I'm being everything that I want to be, I'm trying to, and I'm being myself, and that's beautiful, and I can expand, and there's infinite possibility to that, you say to them that the same is true for them. And I think that that's beautiful, and that's what I try to embody in the world, because it doesn't, to me, it doesn't feel good to play into what society says about certain people. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel good to see someone say, like, you don't have any potential, or you're disgusting, or you whatever expression of life that you're experiencing isn't good or isn't right or um, is damaged. I don't, that's not part of my values. I don't believe that about people. So I try not to see that in them. So for narcissism, control and boundaries come up. Um, So some people have, you know, narcissistic partners or husbands or they share a child with narcissists. And so it's harder quote-unquote, to get out of that situation. So control and boundaries are a huge thing that comes up for that. So where are you not honoring your boundaries and where are you trying to also control the way that that person is expressing themselves? So you would feel more safe if that person expressed themselves not as a narcissist, but where are you not honoring yourself to navigate through somebody else's actions that feel uncomfortable for you. So really tune into yourself and and get clear on how to honor yourself a little bit more, how to put up stronger boundaries and and emit actually unconditional love to that person on an etheric level. You can go into meditation and do that and that helps to clear some of those um, soul contract type of things is what's coming up for you, um, the person who asked this question. So I would go into a meditation and do something like that because there's there's some soul contract stuff there that it feels like needs to be cleared. And that can help balance it, bring in more balance in your life. So the question is, always being your higher self and constantly being let down and getting tired of being the example. So you don't always need to be the example. You don't, taking on responsibility for being a certain way for other people, you don't need to do that. Being an example is not being yourself. 
If you feel like you have to be something that's not you, that's not authentic, that's going to be very tiring and that's going to get really old really fast. And that's exactly the opposite of, of what we've been talking about in terms of being vulnerable because what's going to be likely that feeling is comfortable for you and for a lot of people because if you're just doing the right thing and being the good person and um, setting the example then likely you're not doing what you're inspired to do and you're not acting authentically on behalf of yourself in a way that doesn't fit into those roles so I would say to reconvene on some of the advice that we gave on vulnerability and really match that and say is that what I'm being and getting tired of being likely you're tired of being something that you're not right okay so we have our timer is going off so the timer that we did not impose on ourselves I know I don't know why <laughs> there's a timer that's coming up on on Instagram live they're like you, you're getting kicked off here probably <laughs> probably because we talked about things that they're trying to censor so Cheers to everyone. Conspiracy theory. <laughs> Hashtag conspiracy. Thank you all so much for participating and asking these questions on the Ask Amberly Live podcast recording on Instagram Live. I loved connecting with all of you, and the topic was vulnerability. So I'm going to post this up so y'all can rewatch it, and it will also post again soon once the podcast comes out. So thank you, everyone. We love you. Peace. <laughs> Bye. <gasps> it's okay. <laughs> Is it waterproof? Okay. It's not waterproof. It's <laughs> cool. I'm just getting another. This is the couch. smallest cup ever. And it's cool. I can't I get up. I no, can't I get up. I got it. I got it. It's totally fine. At least it's clear. It's not clear. Okay. Hey. Okay. That's fun. Vulnerability, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> You want to come to hot yoga with me? Uh, I can't believe in 15 minutes. I can't think of anything works. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was fun. That was fun. Now, oh, don't look at the questions. Okay. All right. We're going to play a game called Shot Out of a Cannon. Okay. Does it sound scary? No. Okay, good. Sheena's not scared of anything. Actually, not much. much. Not much. There, there's one thing we'll get into real fast. I know you have 15 minutes. So, okay, I want you to answer as quickly as you can. So don't think about it. And I know this is hard for Sheena because she like doesn't like putting labels or limits on anything. I so know. yeah, so she's gonna be like, so don't take all these answers with a grain of salt. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we're gonna set a timer. Can I set a timer on your phone? Sure. 30 seconds. Shot out of a cannon. Game. Okay. Are you ready? I thought it was each question, but okay. Go. Okay, first question. What's one of your favorite healing modalities right now? Reiki. Really? That's awesome. It's weird that I said that because I haven't had Reiki. <laughs> like in forever. In two years. Okay. <laughs> that's so awesome. That's like, you just got back from paleo effects and that's like not what was there. And you, yeah, anyway. And I okay. loved everything that was there. I know. <laughs> okay, next. I hate this game. <laughs> I know, I know. It makes you say things that you don't know if you mean. Wow, that was 30 seconds. We're done with the timer. Well, that was one question. <laughs> I know. Okay, we'll start again. Okay, what's your favorite juice at Raw Republic right now? Mm, watermelon. Ooh, is that out yet right now? Okay, next week. Okay, where do you want to travel to soon? Italy. I knew it. 
Okay, were you ever arrested? I'm just kidding. Don't answer that. <laughs> Who's your favorite friend right now? Don't think, just answer. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Good answer, everyone. She said the right answer. Okay. What's your favorite childhood memory besides selling cigarettes in your high chair? <sighs> your um, childhood memory. Um, that was the timer, but we'll, we'll answer this. I got an image of going to a zoo event with Randy. Aw, that's so cute. Yeah. I don't know why I thought about that, though. Aw. I had gotten a haircut that day. That was fun. Aw, that's sweet. Yep. So I was going to also ask you your first impression of me. Which is funny. Like, first word that pops in your head. Nerd. <laughs> That's so mean. I was Why is not... that mean? Why are you judging nerd? Okay. I'm not judging it. That was totally unexpected. <laughs> you showed up at my office with a notepad, like, asking me questions about, like, business. So, like, anyone who does that kind of... First of all, first I'm not of saying all, that's a wrong thing. First of all, I was invited thing. to your office to ask you questions. By, by you. me saying, yes, you can come to my office and ask me questions. That's not how it happened. Okay. That's not, that's not how I remember it. Alrighty. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Really? That's how you remember it? That's fascinating. That yeah, didn't you send me an email? You can, can you meet this week or next week? I could have sworn... It or was that was I just like just come stop by? Or yeah, something? it was something like that, and so I was like, okay, because you were like, we can talk, and because I think you were trying to figure out my stuff too. Probably doesn't stop my first impression from being thinking that you were a nerd. <laughs> I like nerds. I like different people. That is so funny. If I would have said that you came in, and my first impression of you was like, I was neutral about it. I know. I wouldn't, we wouldn't still be friends. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. And you still think I'm a nerd, so. Right. <laughs> First impressions are always right. <laughs> yes, they are. Most of the time. <laughs> Interesting. Leave room for her spirit. Yeah. To change. All right. I'm going to cut that part out. <laughs> so, <laughs> kidding. Uh, okay. So, last question is, what is one of your biggest fears? Failure. Mm-hmm. Having like something crumble in front of my eyes is yeah. definitely scary. Um, the idea of making a decision that could result in the failing of a business or something that I put my name on yeah. or stand behind mm-hmm. is a scary thing. But I think I'm I'm coming closer and closer to recognizing the illusion of that fear and maybe seeing that. I've used that as motivation and mm-hmm. clearing that so that my motivation becomes my authentic expression is really important to me. So that's what I'm working on. That's so good. <laughs> You've done so well, Shane, on this podcast. Thanks. You have. Thanks. Does it feel weird being on the other side of things? No. no. <laughs> I know. I can tan into you so well. Not yeah. very much feels weird for me. That's true. On this dimension. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's why I have to play in the other ones. <laughs> and you have many ways of doing that. Mm-hmm. Saki is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. We're having Saki and edible flowers. So. Every time you said it, I'm like, everyone thinks that you're just saying edibles, period. Edible <laughs> flowers. Edible flowers. We're eating flowers. I'm glad that you think that I'm 
improving in my vulnerability because I am working on it. Yeah. I've noticed you really have changed with that a lot and in a really good way. I think you're being really vulnerable and putting yourself out there, especially with all that is coming in the future for you, which is really exciting and exciting for you. And I don't think it could have happened unless you were starting to be more vulnerable with yourself about everything. Yeah. Like whether that's like your health, like I know you went through like a big health journey recently Mm -hmm. and then you did a business class with yourself (laughs) and with myself, I sure did. (laughs) With yourself and like 40 other nerds. Yeah. Yeah. And then you went to paleo effects and then you went to the beach and I think you've done all of that has put you in alignment with your next venture. So I'm so excited for you. Yeah. I think that you do, like a lot of the work that we talk about is a lot of work, a lot of time, mm-hmm. and a lot of commitment, and yeah. a lot of times you don't see an immediate result from it. Right. So, I would encourage people to to make it fun in the process, mm-hmm. while also trying deeper and deeper to do the things that you said, because then. Because for some people, it will just click. It will just be like, oh, this is what I should do. Mm-hmm. This looks terrible, is it? <laughs> Thank you for telling me. Um, I, the phone, it's I can't see from here. That's tit. <laughs> cool. here, this is going to be a rated X video for everyone. <laughs> so you have to just continuously keep doing the work. And understand that there are big breakthroughs and then there are big um, changes that will happen in your life and you'll be able to see your progress and your expansion through those big changes and experiences Mm -hmm. but if you can make it fun along the way Mm -hmm. then it makes life present instead of living for the future just doing the work for Mm -hmm. what might happen in the future which is not why we're doing it right we're doing it to live in the present more authentically Mm -hmm. and considerably more of who we are is based in that present moment than anything so continue doing the work and that's what i'm doing and certain things stay the same for a very long time and then certain things change and, and elevate and expand really quickly and I have to be happy about all of it right and if you don't feel happy about it get present and allow it to flow through you right because it does change mm-hmm. even things that are most exciting and most positive and, and most um expansive in their nature feel a lot of different ways right. when you're evaluating them and they feel mm-hmm. a lot of different ways when it's happening through you and to you and so you have to be you have to know that emotions are a water element right. they flow and and that's okay and it shouldn't change the direction that you're moving but being present to it and honoring it again makes it more interesting mm-hmm. than just pretending that it's not happening because it's not supposed to feel this way right if I'm going this direction I'm supposed to be going in and I'm mm-hmm. doing all the work who says that anything is supposed to be anything right everything is a pro- process everything is 
infinite. Mm-hmm. Every little piece of present experience is infinite in its capacity to change the way that you feel, change the way that your life looks, and that looks different for every single person and in every single situation. So just be there for it mm-hmm. and allow, allow. And the more that you work on authenticity, the more that you work on vulnerability, the less you feel you have to control everything and the more you feel connected with your message and what you're putting out into the world. Mm-hmm. Just by being who you are. Right. Exactly. Not, not necessarily the message on Instagram or a post or a video or a podcast or an article, but just by being who you are, you mm-hmm. change the environment and the people around you and you change your own environment. Right. Exactly. And that's what I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Even in ways that can't be defined, mm-hmm. it's definitely changed my life. Yeah. I can definitely see that. Yay, Sheen. <laughs> Thanks for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yay. That was great. That was great. I like the did Instagram it. live questions. That was fun. Me too. Cheers, hoes. Cheers. All the hoes in different area codes. That's not, that wasn't correct, life. but whatever. See you next time. See you in this life and beyond. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Signing off now. <laughs> Signing off on this earth plane. <laughs> Peace. If you're in New Orleans, you can visit Sheena Menina at Raw Republic Juice and The Space on Magazine Street. You can also follow Sheena on Instagram at Sheena Menina or email her at Sheena at RawRepublicJuice.com. You can also listen to more episodes with us on her podcast, Raw Talk with Sheena. For more health tips, you can follow me on Instagram at Dr. Amberly Carter or to book a session with me, you can email askamberly at gmail.com. Also, I will be doing private sessions in New York City, June 22nd through 24th. So if you'd like a session, you can book it at connectionholistichealth.com slash NYC. That's K-I-N-E-C-T-I-O-N holistichealth.com forward slash NYC. You can join the Ask Amberly monthly podcast club at askamberly.com for exclusive energy healings. And you can also join our Facebook group, Ask Amberly. 